Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, this is episode number 99 of the Full Throttle Podcast. It's Monday the 5th of July 2021. Oh, there's some dark clouds over Donington Park again as I look out of the window. Greg Haynes with you, James Whittam's with us as well. And we've literally just finished commentating on the final World Superbike race of a rather sensational return to Donington for this championship. Where it's game on in the championship, very yeah, much I mean, game on. Loads and loads to be uh, happy about at Donington. Uh, the first thing is... We're back at Donington after missing last year. The second thing is we're back at Donington with uh, a small, but albeit, um, sorry, a crab, but albeit a small crab. But um, it, it had a, let's say, an almost normal feel to it, even though there's been lots of uh, kind of COVID restrictions and protocols in place. It's Donington, everybody's here, and there is, a, in the paddock, I mean, and uh, there's a, 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 a smattering of crowd as well. Yeah, first of all, in the paddock itself, it has been strange, hasn't it? Because it's all fenced off. We've got fans yeah. on one side and they're seeing riders going past but can't quite get to them, trying to do selfies with the riders in the background, you know, behind the fencing. Uh, so I do feel a bit sorry for the fans, but it's the lesser of two evils, exactly. isn't it, really? It's, At least it's not here. normal. No, it's, it's as not normal, normal as we've had for a bit. Yeah, exactly. So that was wonderful. And of course, the action will be continuing at Knock Hill for BSB this coming weekend. Still some activity here, the World Sidecar Championship are going around to the grid for uh, an 18-lap race, which will start here very soon. Ellis and Reeves on the front row, I see, on the graphics. But anyway, let's focus on World Superbikes. Yeah. Ducati's fallen from first to third in the Manufacturers' Championship, and yep. Toprak Razgatioglu is in the lead of the World Superbike Championship. Yeah, we'll start off with Ducati first, I think. Um, they've had a, a terrible meeting. Uh, Scott Redding just never really seemed to get going. Uh, seemed to have issues with the bike from the get-go. Um, the the first race was uh, sketchy, let's say, on conditions and ran slightly wide. Other people did. It wasn't a big mistake, uh, but had a horrendous looking crash at the top of Craner. And that obviously put him out. It was on the back foot from then on in. He chose wet tyres uh, on a quickly drying track. Uh, for the Super Bowl race and therefore struggled and struggled and struggled and ended up, I think, 19th. Uh, and it was good to see him salvage something of a result in uh, the uh, race two, the second longer race, uh, with a fourth. I think he needed that. I think the only positive to take out of this meeting for Ducati is the fact that Redding did salvage something in the end, and that's about it. 
Why do Ducati always seem to struggle Don't at know. Donington, though? No idea. Regardless of the riders, this, the bikes. What What is it about I mean, Ducati and Donington? I don't think they actually know fully. Um, they've had good results uh, historically, going back a long time. Um, in the modern era with the V4, they've seemed to struggle a little bit. They haven't got that much experience around here because they didn't come here last year. Um, but I um, don't know. That there's several theories amongst the people who are supposed to know. Uh, one of them is the fact that the, the bike has... It's too sensitive to well, it's sensitive to everything. It's sensitive mm. to tire grip. It's mm. sensitive to temperature, and they're saying it's quite sensitive to uh, weight transference. I think pitches a little bit too much, and that's a big problem here at Donington because Donington's got uh, everything. It's got fast flowing sections, and it's got stop start scratchy, typically English sections. Uh, so, but who knows? But as I say, uh, Scott managed to salvage what was a for me a really good result for him in uh, race two. Now, as we said in the commentary and uh, Matt and Shaky and James Hayden said in uh, prayers over the weekend, there was some testing, wasn't there, before we came to Donington. All of the teams apart from Ducati went to Navarra. They didn't go there because they'd been there pre-season. Already, yeah. Rinaldi and Reading each did a day at Mizano. And we've been saying, haven't we, for a while, Honda, they need some testing. BMW, they need some testing. Yep. And sure enough, we've seen progress from both. Just quickly on Honda because they haven't had a spectacular weekend, but they've had a much better weekend, haven't they? They're yep. getting there. They're getting there. Uh, Leon has them putting in some decent results. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what they can do when we get to Assen in three weeks' time. But let's move on, James, to the big talking point yep. with respect to Honda because we've got a new championship leader. We've got a, a massive challenger now to Jonathan Ray. It started raining again, by the way. It yep. started raining again at five past three. Top rack just means business, doesn't he? And yeah. let's remember, he started 13th on the grid at the start of the weekend. Yeah, top rack's come here, I think, with a mindset um, of just determination determined to have a good meeting uh in race one it was absolutely spectacular uh from 13th on the grid row five that's at this level that's almost an impossibility the only other well the only other time we've actually seen it is top rack again uh, in sketchy conditions and he has come through from kind of fall through i think was last yeah, time he was 17th at magna oh was Corps. it yeah 17th at twice? Yeah, but, but in really bad conditions yes i true. mean a lot worse than we had yeah uh it, most people went on slicks uh in fact the the whole of the field went on slicks it was it was sketchy conditions uh around the first part of the track the new tarmac that tended to hold the water a little bit more so reggae hollywood crane curves and the old airpin, everything else seemed dry even before the rider set off. Toprak made a, a good launch, but an even better first lap. Incredible. He got into red gear, I think, fifth. He was fourth by the time he got to the old airpin. Third at the next corner yep. uh, at Starkey's Bridge. Then uh, second, I think, he got into it. Coppice. At Coppice. And then it took him another lap to get past Jonathan Ray for the leader. Did it exactly the same place at Coppice. Particularly strong into there. And then just set his own pace and pretty much cleared off. Jonathan Ray had no real answer to that. Uh, we know that Toprak was running the uh, the SCX tyre, the slightly softer tyre, and Jonathan running the zero. And um, it was a brilliant, brilliant win for Toprak. Uh, the second race of the week in the Super Bowl uh, race, the shorter race, um, Toprak didn't uh, have really the time to get through, um, he the whole of the field except for Scott Redding went on intermediates with a rain shower before. As soon as that race started, it was clear that the track had dried out really quickly, even at the top of Craner where it had stayed wet uh, in the previous race for longer. Uh, it, top Rack said he'd never really 
tried the intermediate. Uh, other people had used mm. him. He took a few laps to get going. By the end, he was going quick. But um, he didn't manage to finish uh, as high up as what he would have wanted. But the third race of the weekend, what we call race two, it's a bit odd the way it works. Um, but anyway, the second longer race, the second feature race, we've just watched. Toprak was spectacular. Again, he took the X. But more, I think importantly... Jonathan Reid used, for the first time in a long race, the X tyre. Um, he says that it tends to push the front a little bit. He doesn't like uh, the feeling of pushing the front, although he does like the, the extra grip from the rear that the SCX gives. Uh, it makes the front not as usable and uh, made a mistake, and he lost the front. Whether the SCX pushing the front was something to do with it, we don't know. He was a little bit wide into coppice whilst leading top rack right behind him. As he slid off, top rack obviously saw that. Uh, so Toprak inherited the lead, albeit when he was pushing really hard. Uh, Jonathan Ray maybe felt a little bit of pressure. Anyway, it's an uncharacteristic uh, mistake from Jonathan, and uh, he paid the price. Um, it happens to us all at, at times, and all the riders. Um, Toprak from there on in controlled the race for me. Brilliant, brilliant weekend for uh, for Toprak and for Yamaha, with uh, Garrett Gerloff forcing his way through into second and taking a good second in the end. Towards the end, he was able to save the same pace as Top Rack, it was a brilliant weekend for Yamaha. Dead please for Gerloff and for Top Rack. We've been saying for a long time, haven't we, perhaps the key to beat Jonathan Ray is to almost copy the approach. We need a rider and a crew chief and a team and a manufacturer staying together for a few years. And we're seeing that now, aren't we, with Top Rack. Do you think Kawasaki stood in the back of their mind wish they'd kept Top Rack? I, I, think, I think they would have kept Top Rack, but I don't think they got the choice. I think Top Rack and his manager, more importantly, mm, Kenan Sofoglu, uh, fancied a change for whatever reason it seemed, and it seemed to be a definite decision when they did it they wanted to go to Yamaha maybe I don't know what you don't know what is in a deal did they promise him a, a Grand Prix deal if he uh, won the championship or was it more money or uh, the thought of better equipment or more testing there's a lot, loads of features can be involved or loads of aspects can be involved in choosing uh, to jump ship um, I think for me Top Rack although lots of people said that top rack style, this stop start style he used to have wouldn't suit the MR. But guess what? He got yeah, in the MR and started riding how it true to is that? its strength, which is mid corner, yeah. corner entry. So, you know, the lad's adaptable and he looks at home on this bike now. And he, all the greats are, aren't they? All the greats adapt to the circumstances, whether it's regulation changes, new circuits, different yep. bikes. You know, you have to change the riding, don't you? You can't always change the inherent nature of a bike. That's it. Uh, and and one of the, the, the people who been talking about this weekend between ourselves as Lucas Myers because his crew chief is a guy called Mick Shanley who's a good friend of ours uh, a lad from Burnley who's his crew chief really good crew chief brilliant mechanic is Mick and uh, he said that the problem with Myers is he's going too quick mid corner the man spent all his career on super sport bikes they don't have the same amount of power about 145 instead of 245 brake horsepower so you've got to run that corner speed you've, all else is secondary with a super bike, they've got tons of power pu for pushing out the corner. So you've got to put the bike in a position where you can use that power. To do that, you go slightly slower mid corner, and you've got to be a little bit more patient. And uh, this is a fact that all bikes have a diff slightly different nature, even in the same class. You know, a Ducati will feel completely different to these top riders as the Yamaha or the Kawasaki. So you've got to ride a bike to its strength. Well, we'll hear from the riders in a second, James. But if you could just quickly, let's just go through the the three R's at the top of the championship at the moment. Raz Gatioglu now the first one, Ray, yeah. Reading. 
and the mindset now in those teams and those camps. Start with Topper up then. What are they going to be thinking now? Because they're in the lead of the championship now. Yeah. They're not chasing anymore. No, no. They're now defending a lead. Does yeah, that does, they, mean a, a different approach is necessary no, or not? We're not even halfway in the championship. It's too early for start, to start thinking about the championship. Uh, Toprak actually alluded to that in his post-race interview. Said, "Look, I'm not thinking about points. I'm just thinking about being competitive and and you know getting the bike right and myself right for each circuit they're going to. And the championship after that will take care of itself. And it, that's true. Uh, I think Jonathan. Uh, we know how clever Jonathan is. We know how Jonathan looks at the long view. He doesn't. He's a big picture man. You know, he, we've seen Jonathan beating over a weekend. We've seen him a few times beating over a race, but over a season, is he still difficult to beat? Yeah." Damn right he is. So Jonathan will be licking his wounds somewhat, but he'll be learning from it and the team will be learning from it. So do not think that Jonathan's out of this yet. There's no way that he is. Uh, Reading, on the other hand, I think might have lost a bit of confidence from this weekend. And, and certainly if his body language was anything uh, to go by uh, the, in the part of this weekend, he's, he's lost a little bit of confidence and, and he's, his head was down a little bit. And that's, and that's sad, really, because at the beginning of the season, he had the pace to look like... He was going to challenge for the championship. But this job's difficult. It's not... It's such a complex mix of things you need and a little bit of luck as well. Um, so, yeah, all the best to, to Scott and, and the rest of the season for him. There's people in the paddock, James, rightly or wrongly, some of them, questioning Reading's decision-making or Reading and Ducati's decision-making, to be fairer. Is that justified, that criticism? And I'm talking, I, obviously, here about tyre choice. I, yeah, I'll be honest, anything. he's made a couple of uh, questionable uh, tyre choices that I've seen. One at Donington in BSB. Uh, I think there was one there was somewhere else. Where did he... There was what? one any, anyway last year. Where it year. went wrong or where it... No, um... no, where it went wrong for him. Mm. And th But I was just going to say, my next comment was, but it's gone right for him. He's yeah. taken a few risks. A Aragon was a and, good one. And Aragon's a good example, so... Yeah. You know, if he's that way that he wants to take a risk, he's prepared to take a risk. It was well, Barcelona's sprint race last year, wasn't it? When yeah. they didn't use the X. Yeah. They used the zero. So, you know, who are we? He sat on the bike. It's his, it's his neck on the line, as it were. So you can't argue. I, I really, it, it annoys me slightly that people sit on the sidelines and criticise anybody who's as good as Scott is at his chosen sport. So difficult when you're sat on that grid. You know, and it's been raining, the track's wet, you've done your sighting lap. You've got loads of factors to take into account. Is it going to rain again? If it's going to rain again, you need weights, no matter what the conditions are, or if you think it is. If it isn't, how quickly is the track going to dry? And, you know, we've all made tyre uh, bad decisions in the past, uh, but Scott has made a couple that I know of. But, like I said, he's made some good decisions as well, so... Right, let's listen to the interviews then. Charlie Hiscott's been on hand, of course, across the weekend. Here's your top three from the final race here at Donington Park. This is, of course, your winner, Topic Resgatioglu, Garrett Gerloff, an Independence Day in second place, and Tom Sykes, a second podium of the day for BMW, and their third of the day because Vandermark had a podium as well in the sprint. Here's the top three from the last race with Charlie Hiscott. Top Rack, what a brilliant ride. Well done. Thank you very much, and uh, I say today uh, I hope dry in the condition, and I try again win. I am really happy. Uh, race two not easy because I think after the rain, and track con uh, condition not good because I'm many many times uh, lose the front tire, but uh, and Johnny big mistake is crash, and after I see Johnny crash and I. <laughs> Rate, I'm going very slowly because I'm scared, and but I'm really happy. 
thanks to my team uh, this weekend, a uh, great job. And uh, also a uh, home race because uh, my team like England, you know, and I'm really happy again win, you know. You're leading the World Championship by two points now. How do you feel about going to Assen in a couple of weeks' time? Uh, now, yeah, we are fighting with Johnny, but uh, I'm not uh, looking at points because uh, I'm just focused on the rider bike. Just I try and not mistake. And uh, we will see because uh, the season very long. And we will see. Thank you very much. Brilliant job this weekend, Top Rack. Well done. See you. Garrett, what a fantastic ride. Well done. Second place there. Happy Independence Day, eh? Yeah, happy Independence Day. That's right. Happy 4th of July for all my American fans back home. Uh, I wish I could have put it on the top spot, you know. Uh, it would have been nice. But uh, anyway, just a uh, huge thanks to my, my team, the GRT team. They've been busting their asses. And it's been it's honestly been like a tough start to the year for a lot of different reasons. But it just feels really nice to finally kind of pay them back somewhat with a podium. And I was really hoping I could have done that yesterday too. But freaking, you know, it happened. So, um, but it feels really nice. Uh, to get this done here um, was a was a great weekend all around and um, just super super happy so thanks to all my sponsors and Alpine Star HJC and uh, I just gotta give all the glory to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ thanks. Hey, hey um, you've had quite a weekend because you didn't know this track when you got here you led uh, FB2 um, on Friday um, how do you feel about Donington now? Yeah, no, definitely not not too bad. It's uh, got American style, so you Brits don't do it too bad. <laughs> hey, brilliant result, well done. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Another great podium there, well done. Thank you, yeah, team team deserve that, I think I do, we've put in some hours and uh, briefly, like I say, come away from uh, the Navarra test with some information, went back to some basics here and uh, great weekend. I did pre-warn them that uh, I'd be, put, you know, dragging the thing around this weekend if I had to. Started off on Friday, chucked it down the road a few times to find the limits and uh, from then on in we've had a good feeling in the wet, good in the dry. I took a bit of a gamble in that race, went for the uh, softer tyre which we're not used. But considering Toprak's performance yesterday, we had to, they reckon, they reckon if you can't beat them, join them. So I joined them and after four laps, I wish I, I, wish I bloody hadn't have done so, I mean, pardon me, yes. wish I hadn't have done so. Uh, yeah, it's uh, difficult, physically one of the most challenging races I've had for a long, long time. Just because no grip, couldn't get it through the fast bits and uh, luckily, going once as well, I was struggling. I just sat back on the old girl. Luckily, I've got a bit of Yorkshire pudding and we found some traction and Scott was keeping me honest. And, uh, yeah, luckily, I just kept it. No mistakes. Couldn't really respond to him. And, yeah, what a, what a result for the boys. It must be a really nice feeling to have got a dry podium as well. Very nice. Like I said, in uh, front row in wet, um, podium in the tricky conditions and now in the dry with not probably not our best rear tyre option. Good, strong fight there. So, And for me, Donington's a great, great uh, showcase because it's everything, everything. So uh, pleased for the team, all the BMW Motor World Superbike team. Uh, number 10 bus, like I said earlier, there, 1000 double R has uh, had a great day today. So uh, we'll cover her in champagne in a bit and go and enjoy it. And, uh, you know, Arsene next. Brilliant to see you here, Tom Adam. Thank you very much. Thank you. Tom Sykes. Let's just talk about Sykes. We heard yeah. there. Um, <laughs> he's a he's, he's a lunatic, isn't he? But yeah, we love him. We love him. He yeah, doesn't make I mean, sense. What's he talking about Yorkshire pudding in his interview? Yeah, Tom. Tom. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly certain uh, Tom's mind works in a fairly different way to most <laughs> others. Uh, and you can have some conversations with him. I mean, lads from exactly the same town as town as me. Huddersfield lad. We all love him. We know how much talent he's got. 
but you can talk to the fella for 20 minutes and actually not have a clue what you've been talking about five minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, one of them. Yeah, There's is. no, you, you've no clue where the conversation's going to go. Uh, but Tom's had a really good weekend. Uh, and as have the BMW team in general. Um, whether this is a breakthrough, I'm not sure. I think if it is a breakthrough, you can get more indication of that from where. Uh, Vandermark finishes at Donington as opposed to Tom because Tom is exceptionally strong at Donington and he said before the meeting he says I get a result here where they've got to drag the bike to the finish so yeah. Uh, but yeah brilliant meeting for him you could see there was a a palpable release of pressure yes uh, and they've been under pressure this yes, BMW true. team have yeah. there's no doubt been under pressure from what from the board from the office from BMW itself to, to yeah. get results they put in mm. effort in and they want results uh, and and yet there was a palpable release wasn't there in the yeah, garage it was like a cork out of a bottle was wasn't it uh, literally on the podium for Tom Sykes today twice uh, but yeah a lot of bubbly there being consumed Prosecco of course as it is here in the World Superbike Paddock Garrett Gerloff as well uh, do you know what I'm loving as well at the moment James we've got Factory teams, we've got some of the customer teams, Yamahas, Ducatis, Kawasaki's, the Hondas are getting there, BMW now as well. All in the mix, such different characters, loads of different nationalities. Yeah. This is the sort of variety a world championship needs, Could isn't have. it? Yeah. yeah. Especially after this one's had a bit of stick in recent years for too much British. Too many success. British, yeah. Yeah. Tremendous. Tremendous yeah, to I, the I, American up there. Yeah, just a word about Gerloff. I really, really rate the lad in a lot of ways. Not just because I think he's got what it takes as a rider, but the way he goes about it, Really friendly, happy in the paddock, happy to talk, doesn't try and avoid anybody, uh, explains things in a in a typically sort of slightly over the top, but very entertaining American way. If you're British, I'm sure it isn't over the top if, you, if you're American. Uh, but huh. um, also, it's kind of self-effacing. If he makes a mistake or some, he finds something hard, he'll tell you. Straight away. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I and it's that. just such an endearing feature. We were asking him about the uh, his ride on Morbidelli's bike at uh, Assen, at the Assen Grand Prix. Betty man, he's got to learn the bike, and he's got to learn the circuit at the same time. Massive ask, finished 17th, having run off the track a couple of times. He was very competitive for his first go, and his first go at circuit. But I said what it was like, it was complicated. Bike's really smooth, gearbox is brilliant, the seamless shift. But he says... God, it's got that many buttons and levers to pull up onto the grid to get all the launch control sorted and the, the <laughs> launch device, you know, the pulling down of the suspension. He says, yeah. what, did you have seven different yeah, uh, like that, wasn't movements it? that's got to be done all in a certain order? And he said I was, a, I was a bit small amount of time as yeah, well. Yeah, I was a bit confused with it. Yeah, but he's a good kid. <laughs> really nice bloke. They're really, really, really good. And uh, great team there as well with GRT. Les Pearson, the crew chief. Well done, Les. Well done also to uh, Phil Marin, of course, who's Top Rack's yep. crew chief. But uh, yeah, progress being made for everybody. It's getting, it's so competitive now, though, isn't it? You know, it's not as easy to finish on the podium as, as it was two, three years ago. No, I think it's a competitive class, and I think uh, you've got to doff your cap to the organisers and particularly Scott Smart because Scott um, basically re is constantly rewriting the rules and looking at what's competitive and what isn't. We've got different bike layouts. We've got the V4, uh, Ducati. The rest of the bikes are all across the frame, four cylinders. But the Yamaha works in a completely different way because the firing orders way, way uh, left field uh, compared to the others. Um, and he's done a really good job in uh, balancing the performance of the bikes. Um, you're looking at a superbike now being perhaps 245 brake horse. We've heard um, wild claims of more than that. I don't think it's more than about 100, sorry, 245 brake horse. Certainly not more than 250, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but that's a lot of power. 
and uh, the, the, there's all everything is balanced and thought about, including suspension parts, as price caps and everything. And for me, it's working. You know, it, you can't, it's not it's not very very cheap. You still need money to run the team. We've we've been talking to Eugene Laverty, and that his team is underfunded, and his results are suffering because of that. And you would expect that mm. uh, due to that's a lack of new parts, isn't it? Chiefly? Exactly, yeah. And they're having to use old parts that's been crashed, maybe you know, twisted or bent or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and his results are suffering. However, if you've got a reasonable budget, you, it is possible to make a competitive bike, and that hasn't been the case sometimes in the past. Before we go, James, just two more things I want to touch on. And we've talked about this extensively across the coverage over the weekend. But the Toprak MotoGP thing, is this simply Monster and Red Bull? Because that's a big part of it, isn't it? Or is there yeah. more to it? Is it loyalty to Keenan Safoglu? Is it loyalty to World Superbikes? You tell me. My opinion is this, that um, Toprak Razagatlioglu is uh, looking at winning this championship. However, when you get offered a reasonable chance in MotoGP, you don't know whether that chance is going to come round again. So therefore, as a rider, you'll be thinking, do you know what, I'll take it and see what happens. Maybe I can slot back in here if it doesn't work. Mm. Because you don't know whether he would be get... able to slot back into World Superbikes. I think he would. He? Yeah. Uh, but you do get the impression, even though Toprak's saying, look, I love it in this paddock. I don't want to be doing 22 meetings a year and all the testing. I don't want to be not being at home. I want to be able to go home a little bit. Uh, yes, that's probably got some truth in it. But you do get the impression that there is more to it, whether it's the Monster Stroke uh, Red Bull sponsorship, um, whether it's Kenneth Safoglu, whether it's a, a Turkish pride thing that they want him to try and win the championship, when how much it meant to the Turkish uh, people and government even, uh, when Kenneth Safoglu won the World Supersport Championship for the first time and then subsequently. So who knows? You do get the impression there's more to it than what um, top practice alluding to yeah what i can say here on the podcast which we didn't mention on the tv over the weekend is that uh, we've heard there was a general idea of from top rack and keenan side could we race without either red bull logos or monster logos but the patronus team is monster top rack and keenan particularly are red bull so there's definitely commercial reasons here aren't there as well i think there's commercial i think there's political and i think there's personal and what the yeah. split is you know percentage-wise, between the three, I'm not sure. Well, it did mean, of course, is that Garrett Gerloff raced that bike and, uh, and raced it pretty well, is the general consensus here over that weekend. Yeah, don't himself, limited no, practice told, though, doesn't absolutely. Garrett. I mean, he probably will be in MotoGP sooner rather than later, won't he? That's, yeah, that's makes, I mean, Garrett makes no bones. He loves this paddock. He's really happy being here. loves the team. But would he uh, swap across to MotoGP, give him the chance? Of course he would. Yeah, and he said it from day one, hasn't he? He's said it yep. for many, many, many years. Final thing, James, before we go, we're now going to be driving up across the border later on this week to Knock Hill in yep. Scotland for the second round of the season for the British Superbike Championship. It's a two-day event, of course, because of the uh, regulations put in yep. place in Scotland. Yep. It's just Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but it's not necessarily going to be as simple, you know, as three Yamaha wins. It's completely different track in BSB. Yeah, we saw the Yamaha and O'Halloran particularly in charge at Alton. It's not going to be... It's a completely different nature of track. And one thing you've got in BSB, like I said before, is you've got different circuits and they're going to suit different bike and rider combinations. Um what the the nature of the circuit up there at Knockhill is the shortest on the calendar. It's really short and scratchy. And that doesn't mean it's Mickey Mouse. It isn't. It's just all action. Even the straight, there's, there is one fairly short straight, but even that's got a huge hump in it that these bikes, now with this much power, try to wheelie over backwards with you. 
so you can't relax. There is absolutely no point of that knock-hill track where a superbike rider these days can relax, uh, and it's going to be all action. Uh, we're chatting with Faye Ho here from FHO BMW yeah. in the paddock at Donington yeah, this they had, weekend. Yeah, they had a good meeting at home. They did, didn't they? And yeah. the wings seem to be helping, don't they? Hickey was on the podium. Uh, Faye said as well, Chavi Forrest should very much be back in action. Did not require surgery when he was over in uh, Spain. So I hope he goes well because Chavi Forrest, if you remember, at Knock Hill on a Honda in 19, Paul. took pole. Took pole position. In the wet. So who should have the advantage then? Which bike should have the advantage there? Is it going to be the ones with the wings? Uh, the, 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 like I said, the straight has a big hump in it that mm. um, you would think if the bike gives a little bit more downforce at the front due to the wings, you would think that would be a slight advantage. I don't think it's going to be a big advantage. Uh, which bike's going to be? I think, don't know, can't call it. And, and if I had to be pressed on it, I would say... Quite fancy Christian for that one. Yeah, okay. Christian Iden. It's more his aggression that I'm going off, not the fact that he's on a bike with wings. Okay. Yeah, he had a great start at Alton, didn't he? I know he's yeah. annoyed to not be leading the championship, but three second places to no, Jason Hatter That's three the best start he's ever had to the championship. Absolutely superb. Yeah. I mean, any other circumstances, he would have been leading it, wouldn't he? Correct. Had the other man not won all three. All right, James, great stuff. Uh, how long does it take you to drive home now from Donington? An hour and a half. Perfect. We'll be back with the podcast after Knock Hill BSB, which will be Monday, the 12th of July. And who knows who will have one there. We'll know by then. And it will be episode number 100 of the Full Throttle podcast. I will see you up in Scotland. Have a good drive. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.